Welcome along to the Candy Pants Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Nick and this week we delve into the world of TV, comedy and disability in one of the most surprising and hilarious conversations I speak to TV comedian Alex Brooker. We discuss how not getting a job on Jeremy Kyle was the best way to break into TV, what it's like to interview the UK Prime Minister on your first day of your new job and how he has been part of one of the longest running comedy shows on Channel 4, The Last Leg. This is the very entertaining journey of Mr. Alex Brooker. Quick warning, this episode does contain some naughty words and some very controversial opinions on Peppa Pig. Alex, how are you doing? Not too bad, thank you, mate. Not too bad. Just um, yeah, just pleased to have a bit of time doing this away f- away from my kids in lockdown. And like, I know that people say, ah, oh, there's like, you know, great. It's amazing having kids, and there's loads of like yeah. magical moments. <laughs> but uh, honestly, once you're locked in with them, like the magical moments are like one in every. <laughs> Been in between, yeah, and it's just like, and it's mainly just them doing stuff that does your head in. Because yeah, all right, when they're born, it's great. There, all right, everyone, you know, everyone cries when when your child's born and you get all emotional. But literally, that goes within like about an hour or so, and it's yeah. just like, God, what am I going to do here? And it's been like that ever <laughs> since. So yeah, but it's, downhill from it's there, right, mate. It, it's not, it's not, um, it's not too bad. A lot of Peppa Pig is being watched in my house. At the what moment. a dream. <laughs> oh, mate. Do you know what? You would think that until, like, I've watched so much Peppa Pig now, I've started to analyse it a bit. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Peppa Pig? Oh, I think she's an arsehole. I think she's a real... <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You can say like, what you like on here. But honestly, she's she's such a bad example to kids. She's always a prick to her brother. <laughs> they're always there's this one character in it called Edmund Elephant who they always say he's a clever clogs so they're just digging him out because he's cleverer than them and even the daddy pig dug him out the other day and I'm sitting there just getting wound up by it just thinking just because you're a buffoon and this little <laughs> kid's actually reading some books right you know Peppa Pig's all about splashing in muddy puddles Edmund Elephant is there reading books now I know which one of those is going to do better in life it's um Peppa Pig is not a good example to kids. I'm looking forward to this one, you know. Well, I was already, but I'm even more now. I think the first time I met you, you were waving your artificial leg around in the middle of Candy Pants Las Vegas. <laughs> Mate, that was... Honestly, I I think other people had my leg more than I did that day. It was... Um, it was absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it ended up like, there's all these like, you know, candy pants events. There's always like loads of amazing props. And somehow my leg became one of them. And I was more than happy just sat in this uh, hot tub thing, just drinking. But I remember at one point, there's an amazing video that my mate got. And it was like one of the waitresses was like shaking the leg in the air. And like one of the security guards just comes over and his face is the funniest thing you've ever seen. He is just like, what the is going on and like you've got to bear in mind this is somebody in Vegas who thinks this is a bit much so you could <laughs> it was it was uh, 
Oh, what a great day that was. There's um one of the videos you guys put out, there's like a montage video that you did, and there's like a there's like a video, there's a little clip and it comes to me and me and my pal Sandro. And honestly, I think it's like one of the happiest I think I've ever been. I've the done, image I mean, of I'm you in that hot tub with that leg is a oh, sign mate. of joy I've never seen anywhere else. <laughs> mate, it really was. It was. And do you know what? It was just it was an absolute Pleasure to be there. I loved it. So it's one of the great days. It, it's up there. It's up there with like Arsenal going the season unbeaten. Obviously, uh, kids being born and that, I suppose. But yeah, second. It's up there. <laughs> yeah. I think it might uh, be just second to Arsenal going season unbeaten <laughs> in the great days. So do you want to explain for anyone who doesn't know what the people who do know will know you for? So yeah, obviously I'm I'm known for for being on on Channel Four on a show called um, The Last Leg, which is on uh, most Fridays uh, at ten o'clock. New series coming up soon. Just thought I'd plug that. But nice yeah, plug, um, solid. It's um, it's you know I I've been very lucky in television because I I kind of I I auditioned for Channel Four. It's ten years ago now that I auditioned for for Channel Four. And I, Am I, right I was, thinking? that you auditioned originally for Jeremy Kyle or is this a myth? No, I'll tell you what, mate, this is, you're, you're, you're on the right lines there. So basically I was um, a journalist. I was a journalist for a company called the press association and I was working over in East Yorkshire and I was just, it was doing me head in and I just, want, I just wanted to leave. So I started applying for other jobs and actually applied for a job on Jeremy Kyle as a researcher Right, and I was going to commute from Leeds over to Manchester every day, and I, I had the interview and everything. But at that time, I just, um, I just uh, also auditioned for Channel Four, so I think that they were kind of like, "Well, what do you want to be behind the screen or on it?" And I was like, "Well, I want to do this, and then hopefully, I'll get, I'll get on it with this Channel Four thing that I've gone for." And it just obviously, I just never, I never got the job at Jeremy Carl. But if I'd have got it. If I'd honestly, if I'd got the Jeremy Carl job, I never would have carried on um, trying to do uh, the, the Channel Four stuff because I, I mean, I looked out. I think it was October 2010, and I saw the advert, and it was basically um, it was just like the advert was. It's like, uh, are you disabled? And I was like, yeah, tick that one. And it was just like, are you? Are you? Uh, do you have a background in the media? And I was like, yeah. And it was just like, um, do you have a background in um, Paralympic sport? And I'd just been on um, uh, on the rifle shooting. The Paralympics team had a development squad, and I right. got talent spotted for that. So I'd just been on this rifle shooting team. So I was like, "Bloody hell! I've got all three of these here." And then I genuinely I sat there and I thought to myself, "Well, there can't be that many of us. There must be what like three people that have got all these things." Because like I know I know mo- like quite a lot of journalists, and there's not that many disabled ones. So I'm, I was like, I honestly I thought, do you know what? I'm going to apply for this job just because I think I've got like maybe like a 25% chance of getting it. <laughs> it was mad because I never thought it would go anywhere. And, you know, I got called down to do screen tests and um, yeah, I left my job as a sports journalist and, and yeah, I went to the Paralympics as a reporter. I did my first day on live television. First time I was on live TV was interviewing the then Prime Minister David Cameron and I was like <laughs> sick before... I was nice oh, easy mate. start. <laughs> yeah, well, I was originally meant to just be interviewing Boris Johnson, 
he was the mayor of London then. And I was I was like yeah. nervous about that. And then they threw Cameron. They went, we've just been offered David Cameron. You've got to do this interview. And it's like, what the fuck? And there was like 11 million people I found out <laughs> been watching. And honestly, I was just, I've kind of, I've seen the interview back a couple of times. I just looked like the happiest little geezer ever just to be on the telly. Just happy and to be there. Yeah, just happy to be there. And I'll tell you what, mate, it, it went down, it went down well with Channel 4 and, then they had this um, highlight show they were doing, which was the last leg. And um, I was just meant to be a reporter for that. And I did the first show. And then they, the second day I came in, I got called into the office. I thought, I'm done here. They've just, they're just going to cut me because I had a nine-day contract at the Paralympics. Right. I thought that was me done, getting ready to go back to Leeds. And they're like, oh, no, we want you to do that, um, that last leg show, just that now. And I was just like, but... I'm a reporter, like I'm a legitimate journalist, like I'm meant yeah. to be doing the football. And they're just like, no, nah, we'll find someone else to do that. You do that with the other two. And I just think it just goes to show the standards in British television are not as high as what people at home like to think. I cannot stress that enough. It's like if people sit there and just think, oh, I'd love to be on telly, but I don't think I've got it. Chances are you do in spades, honestly, because if I can get on it, and blag my way on it <laughs> bloody old Any, anybody can I've, I've been really um, I've been fortunate it's been hard work but it was mad when I when I think back to eight years ago just all of a sudden like overnight you know the Twitter went up and stuff like that and people started recognising us and things like that it was just bonkers what was that like to get kind of to to suddenly they're taking you from doing reporting at the Paralympics which in itself was mental enough that you've had to do David Cameron on your first day yeah but then you've ended up doing what is a comedy show what was it like to get kind of essentially moved from one to the other I couldn't I couldn't understand what was going on I understood like (laughs) being a reporter in terms of comedy, I mean, there'll be people who'll be listening just going, well, he ain't funny now, so I don't know how, what he was like <laughs> But it was it was just a case of, like, I I relied massively on, like, the stories that I'd had. I remember there was one bit, we had Freddie Flintoff on, the first, first show I did, yeah. and um, we played Rock, Paper, Scissors. And the joke behind it was is that when I was younger at home in Kent, my pal uh, Paul always used to say, like, we decided whose round it was, and they said, oh, rock, we'll do rock, paper, scissors. And he went, like, piss off. All the brookers look the same. So how are we going to know? And it was really funny. And so we basically, I played rock, paper, scissors with Fred yeah. Flintoff. And every time I just did the same, like, just put my hand out, and he'd be like, what's that? And I'd be like, <laughs> rock. And I'd just say whatever would win. And it's, I mean, he, fair play for, for going along with it. But I mean, it was just stuff like that and people seem to like it and since then I've had to kind of work a lot but comedy's comedy's subjective though and it's weird it's like amazing comedians that like I I don't find funny and it it works each way so it was weird obviously Twitter's a cesspit everyone on telly gets abused everyone gets abused it's just par for the course but I didn't know this so I'm not used to like waking up and seeing stuff like calling me a dickhead Comedy is subjective, so there are people that, you know, people that will find my stuff funny, people that don't, people that find the show funny. And the thing with comedy more than, I think it's weird, it's like comedy and football. 
people are so opinionated about it. They'll say this comedian's crap or this footballer's shit. And the reason why is because people also more, more often, a lot of people have thought they were a bit of a player back in back in their in their yeah. time. Going, oh, okay, I was close. Yeah, if I'd have done my name when I was fifteen, I would definitely <laughs> reckon I could have made it. It's like loads of people. Are, obviously, loads of people think they're funny. So it's just there's a lot more to it like in terms of um the, the craft really especially when you're doing live which is like i just you know last leg is live every friday and when you're talking about some of the new stuff i mean you've got to be so careful especially offending people bloody hell honestly pal people get offended by everything you could say anything now and there will always be someone that's offended by it so you just got to try and like minimise the offence or try not to think about it and just have you ever had one on air where you've gone or oh, this is going to be a problem this is a problem um yeah there, there's been a there's been a couple there's there's been a couple where I thought oh I'm getting the thing is, the, the thing that like we've got is obviously because there was all the all the Brexit stuff um yeah I, and it was just like that dragged on for ages and that was big in the news, so the show kept talking about that, and it got quite political. And you, you know, you got people who were just like, "Oh, you can't slag off Jeremy Corbyn and stuff like that." Yeah. And it was the the. I mean, honestly, like Labour fans are like worse than Arsenal fans on Twitter. Honestly, they are <laughs> they are rife. Like Labour fans TV, how they haven't done that yet because that would <laughs> absolutely blow Arsenal fans TV out of the water. They are so. Like they get rid and they hunt hunt you down as well. There's like hundreds of them that will start bombarding you, and it's just. I remember social media is a funny one though, isn't it? Like I've got a mate to um, it's a mate to the football, and he said to me, he said, mate, the thing I never understand is when you've had a bad game, they tweet you and tell you a shit, and it's like, listen, I was there, I'm fully aware, I was shit. Nobody knows more than me, (laughs) mate. It's exactly honestly like. I don't need some geese on Twitter to tell me that joke didn't go real. I heard the silence in the room. <laughs> like that's how it works. You get a reaction straight away. If they laugh, it was all right. If they don't, it wasn't. It's dead easy. <laughs> like some of it gets passed. I remember like my mum. Oh, my mum on Twitter. Oh, she was awful on it. And she still, every now and again, she still tries to pull a sly one. But she and like start tweeting people back because Obviously, stand up for you. Just wants, yeah, she wants to stand up that. For, a, for a boy. But I've had some terrible stuff. I always have. I have. Some, it gets quite. It gets quite like disability personal. So I've had yeah. like, I've had, I've had some, I've had some pretty bad ones. I've had some really grim ones. So, so how did the last leg thing develop? So you've gone from obviously you just kind of almost got dumped on there, but you've now done like fifteen series or. Mate, I many? think you know what I think. It, I think it. Might be even more. I think we did our two hundredth episode not long ago. I've lost count of them now. It's um we've done so many. Uh and it's just I mean, last leg was just meant to be a highlight show at the Paralympics and it just went really well. And the audience seemed to take to the three of us, myself, Adam and Josh, and like it, I remember they wanted to do a New Year's Eve special in twenty twelve and we were you know, we kind of did that and we kind of talked about obviously other stuff rather than Paralympic sport. We, t- we talked about other stuff in that we talked about the year's news and it just seemed to work. And they were like, why don't you do that every week? And we just gave it a go. 
And it yeah. was just the good thing about the news is it, it, it's always kind of it's always moving and there's always there's a always room something for, there. Yeah, there's always like a, a room for comedy. It's sometimes hard to to find find the angles, but there's always something. There's always some weird stuff going on, something mad that someone has said or done. That's what's kind of made the show feel a bit fresh. If, if I'm being honest, I think like obviously. Brexit stuff and that was it got to the stage where everyone was just it was doing their nutting yeah. um, at the start of the year and I think it got to a stage with Brexit where it was like you can go and I don't even find this funny anymore. I just yeah, can't like be asked for it. No matter. It, yeah, it wasn't even like that. That's whether you voted in or out. It didn't matter. Yeah. It was just every, it was just doing everyone's head in. That was that's the toughest story that we've. I think that in a way that kind of end bit of Brexit was the hard was the hardest we've had to work. We've covered some. Gosh, well, I mean, we covered all sorts on the show. You know, we've covered. Oscar Pistorius and like shooting his missus on Valentine's Day and things like that and it's yeah. just like you know we did that live and you've got to be careful and yeah. it's like all these different you know all these different stories and but that one that was a toughie I suppose the elephant in the room that I've got to ask you is do you want to just for some people who don't know what is the story with your disability and oh yeah sorry yeah people who yeah, are sorry. like listening about people <laughs> waving legs and that in Vegas they'll, they'll be thinking this is absolutely bonkers um, so yeah like I was I you know, I don't have um, I don't have a condition or anything like that. I just kind of came out as is, and I was born without one of the one of the bones in my lower right leg. I think it was a tibia, so I only had one of the lower bones. So I had to have my foot amputated when I was thirteen months old, just at the ankle. I had to have my foot just at the ankle, like it's just like yeah, just a little trim. small job. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just a bit off the top. Um, but it was I did. Um, taken off at the ankle when I was 13 months old and obviously I've got um, some like hand and arm uh, problems as well I don't even know what what to really call it really but yeah. you know yeah I've got I've got the um, nearly a full house of, <laughs> of, of like limb issues and the, the thing is I think the, the thing for me is sometimes people say well how can you joke about it and it's like well it's kind of two big reasons is, is like one it's like I don't know any different so people yeah. like because I'm lucky in a, in the sense that like first of all one is that my disability is really like they allow me to live an independent life so I drive like an, an a, a manual car which people find yeah. bonkers because they're like well how would you do this and people just assume that you can't do stuff and actually I'm I'm able to do like quite quite a lot really more more than what people would imagine i'm very lucky that kind of the mechanics of my body still allow me to do that and especially with my hands and you know even my leg you know i'm missing a foot but i've got so, like so much of you know the remaining leg that is close to the ground so i have like depth perception which is why i don't need to have a an, an adapted car because i can feel when my foot's on the pedal because there's right. only a little gap that's not kind of that's kind of yeah. metal really so i i am i'm 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 really lucky and i i don't know any different you know people lose legs and they have to get back to walking and stuff like that again and they know the pain and stuff like that i didn't it all happened when i was a kid i don't yeah. know any different it's like to me putting on a leg is like putting on a shoe it's yeah. just it's not it's weird in a way people would think oh well you've had, you must have had it hard but i don't really associate being the same with having like the hardships that you did you have a hard time like. growing up or not nah not really um i know it sounds 
odd. And it's like, I've always wondered whether I've just like got some like repressed memory. <laughs> one day, you know, someone's going to like flush a toilet and then I'm going to start like <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably yeah. with the idea of all the bog washes that I've got at school <laughs> that I've forgotten about. But genuinely, I, I, I didn't really. I obviously, you know, you know, people, people knew I was different, but I think because I'm quite outgoing, it didn't, you know, I, I think even even the pricks at school, they're like fair play, and I and I think that I I was kind of left alone. Also, I made mates with like the other kids as well. So like, strong I had, like, strategy I think, that yeah yeah I had I had, like my pals were like people who kind of like they were the bullies like, the kind of play yeah they were some of them some <laughs> of them were and like you know and it's just. They, 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 you know, they all look. I was looked after, really. At, you can't beat school. them. Join them. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tell you what, I did a joke. I went back to my old school years ago. I did a prize giving thing, and I hey. did a joke about saying that I never got bullied at, at school. But luckily for me, that's because there were loads of kids more disabled than me at the school. So even I was beating the shit out of some of them. And it was a joke. <laughs> Right, Nick, it was a joke. It was a joke. And the school awards given. Yeah, and it was like all the parents. And I remember, (laughs) not only did it not go well, someone tutted. And I remember just, (gasps) I remember. Tough crowds. Yeah, it was. But like, I kept thinking to myself, like, surely, I did go after, I went to, obviously, there weren't kids that were more disabled than me at school. I was comfortably the most (laughs) disabled kid at school like this never happened it's an imaginary scenario for the joke and honestly it was just I've yeah I've never done another prize giving since uh, (laughs) never asked back they've never been they've never asked me back and it was just it was one of those like yeah mad things but I yeah I didn't really I didn't really have a hard time at school like a little bit like no no different to anyone I don't envy any kids that go to school like these days well they're not kids are brutal But yeah, it is. It's brutal, mate. Also, social media. Jesus Christ! It's like that's a different ball game. You know what I mean? It's like it's, yeah, you can't even leave school. It's constant. If no, you're getting a hard time I'm, now, God, but man, I went to school. They weren't like. I mean, mobiles only came in when I was like. So what was it like? Ninety nine, two thousand. So I think I, I was quite fortunate, really. And I kind of now I, with some of the charities I work with, I, I try. I know there's like kids who. Kind of have disabilities that, that have it a lot harder, and I, I try and like make them. That's one of the best things, I suppose, I've been able to do with, with the telly. And I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but it's like when I was younger, there was no one who looked like me on telly, and I thought yeah. it was because people must have thought. Honestly, and I, I still thought this well into when I started at Channel Four, and it was was that obviously society doesn't want disabled people on TV. They might think we look too weird and stuff like that. And I honestly believe that that was like the, the whole me being on TV wouldn't work for, for one, that being one of the reasons. And it was actually quite a misconception. And it, But when I was younger, there was nobody really disabled on the telly. So it's like, it's nice now to be able to, to kind of, kind of fly that flag a little bit for, for the, for some uh, young kids. And, and obviously uh, flying the flag, you do that, you're doing that scope. Is that right? You do the scope, scope charity now. Yeah, so I'm involved in a lot of charities. I did the the scope. I did their end of awkward ads years ago, which I yeah. really I really loved. I I I think that a big thing about I go and do like talks at companies and they're like, how can we be more disability aware? And it's just like you have got to relax. It's and it, it's it's one of those things where it's just obviously if you see something different for the first time, it is our human nature to 
go like, oh, or do like a double take. It's a fact. I do it myself with other things in, in walks of life. And yeah. I, if I see something, it's just a case of desensitizing yourself to it and how you move forward. So being awkward is our way, I think. Most, I mean, obviously, if someone's a prick, someone's a prick, you know it instantly. But sometimes yeah. people are just awkward. They go like, oh, how do I shake your hand here? And it's quite awkward, but genuinely, they're just like, what, how? And do you know what, mate? I went to the Paralympics in 2016 in Rio and the opening ceremony, all the athletes were coming around and they were all shaking hands with everyone. I see this um, woman who had like one finger and even I went, how do I even do this? It was me thinking it. Yeah. So I get it. So you get and it. it's just, I, I think that like inherently people just want to do, they want to do the right thing. And like, I like those scope and the awkward ads and that kind of, and that, I think that humour is a, is a nice it's a nice leveller, I think, and and that's kind of the the way that I've always tried to approach like comedy and and kind of the the other work I've done really. I suppose that does lead me on to one of my other questions. That what you've done has led you to do all kinds of like strange things and kind of amazing things, but you're going to have to explain to me how you've ended up going to the Rio Paralympics and being dressed as a cloud in the opening ceremony. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, that was one of those things, right, where you go into work and they were like, oh, you're going to get to be in the opening ceremony. And it's just like, oh, awesome. It's like, don't yeah. tell us what we're doing. Because you've got to bear in mind, that was at the American R. And all me and Josh kept thinking about was, we're going to be at the American art. We're going to walk out onto the American art. And as football fans, you're like, oh yeah. my God, Like I'm, you're losing your minds at the idea of it. And yeah. we went there and like, we lost our minds. And then they were like, here's your outfits. And they were like these, like these cloud tracksuits. And it was just, honestly, they were like nylon. They were like this kind of like nylon material. And it was yeah. bloody yacht in Brazil. And I remember they gave us these like little cloud like converse with them. And I wish, I wish you had to give the outfits back afterwards, but I wish I'd have kept those. Why did you have to give them back? What were they going to use them for? Mate, I don't know why anyone (laughs) would have wanted mine because I sweat right through it. That, it was like a t-shirt with a hood in it and I sweat right through it. Surely they haven't hired thousands of cloud outfits from some shop that... I d- I've got no idea. It was I was so desperate to keep it because it was dead comfortable as well. I mean, it was yeah. not, but back here I'd have loved to rock around Huddersfield in it. And it was just, it was one of those moments where we walked out and it was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. But then obviously we had to do loads of dancing for like three hours. And we're yeah. there and we're just like, how do we get out of this thing? Because normally telly, you'll film a bit of yourself doing something, but it's only about half hour of it. And yeah. it was just like, oh God, I was so tired by the end of it. We were just jumping around like idiots. And, but it was, um, Rio was great fun. That was a great Paralympics. And obviously I was dead looking forward to Tokyo this year too, but yeah. um, that, that'll wait until next year now. But it was, oh mate, yeah. Rio, that, that day in the opening ceremony was just, it was honestly, we that, that again. That's up there in one of the great, great moments of my life. Walking out in, into the American R, that was um, that was something unbelievable. It's a shame but, you didn't keep the tracksuit in it. I mean, you could have seen if they want you back, mate. Oh, do you know what? I've there maybe were, there's there demand was, for that. There was talk. <laughs> there was talk of getting us involved in in the Tokyo one. So 
And I again, as a cloud, or as a new. Do you know new... what? I think I might have moved on to like a different type of. Uh, I don't know, a tree or Progressed. something. <laughs> yeah, but I was. Um, I just said to them again, "Don't tell me what it is. Don't yeah. tell us what it is. Let us find out at the time because it would just be um, all week. So hope. I mean, God, I don't know how you go better than a cloud, but. As long as yeah, as long as it's safe, I'm up for it. But I've done all sorts of mad stuff on last leg. Tell me about it. So obviously, I'm a very professional podcaster by podcastery or whatever we're on now. So I've done my research about you, and obviously I'd met you. I'd known kind of what you'd done, but you know, after a while, you dig into things on the internet and find other things you've done. And another random one. So you've done a cloud at the Paralympics opening ceremony, and then. You know, maybe I'm glossing over this a little bit, but somehow you've been roped into what, as TV concepts go, is to me sounds one of the most random concepts in the world. It's do you fancy swimming the channel with Wes from Love Island and Arge? <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, that was yeah. It was uh, that's exactly what it was. It was like those like do you fancy swimming the channels? Like no, do you fancy doing it with Simon from Blue? Yeah. Oh, of course, from blue, and it was, it was just again, it was, it was one of those things where I, you know, at the start of it, I kind of, you know, it was for a good cause. It was to stand up to cancer. You had to meet certain criteria in order to to get yourself to the channel. There was going to be ten weeks or so of training, and I remember saying to my agent, "Well, I ain't going to make, I won't make that qualify. Like to qualify, you had to swim nonstop for two hours." And none of you could swim in the first place, is that right? No, none of them. None of us could swim. I think some of us could swim well, or not well. Some of us could swim a bit better than others, but everyone kind of had their own issues with with swimming, whether it being kind of mental or physical. And yeah, obviously, for, for me, I'm not exactly built for swimming so I'd done a bit of swimming in my time but I wasn't exactly built for it but I just assumed I wouldn't I would never get good enough and it got to the stage where I just got into it I I, I, I was so desperate to to do it in the end and it was hard work last summer honestly man it was just it was bonkers it was like do you know what it was one of those things where because obviously all the other stuff I watched before knowing I was going to interview you I kind of went into it thinking that it was going to be quite funny and it would just be a bit of a laugh. You know, it, it was like it was almost a bit emotional, wasn't it? Because for, for, oh, for mate, you, it became a quite a big thing. Me, yeah, for me, like there was the obviously the, the clip, the big clip that kind of everyone saw was, and I got dead upset when I couldn't do it, and it was just frustration that my body, my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to. Very rare in my life that I suddenly feel very disabled those moments are very few and far between but that was yeah. one of them and it was really kind of like visceral and whether the cameras were there was neither it was neither here nor there to be honest with it it was just i was so i was frustrated at myself because i knew i could do it when i look back on it now it was stupid that we we went after 30 seconds you need to acclimatize for at least a few minutes and actually we did that with all the other swims why we were told to go after 30 seconds because I've got cold water shock. So yeah. I, I wasn't moving. So that also ignoring what's wrong with my body, that is also a big problem that anyone can have. That's why a lot of people end up drowning when they go in the sea or lakes and stuff like that. They get cold water shock. And that was a big problem for me. And I, I remember like they were keeping an eye on me. They were keeping an eye of me 
kind of if I was going to get um, pneumonia or something like that because they were if you start slurring your words it's like that's when they know you're you're on the way and I was I ended up getting moving I struggled for a while I ended up getting moving and it was purely I think I was you know I was a few minutes away from them calling it because some of it was know, hard big, call it was as well. Moment. It wasn't. It wasn't just a swim. Oh, mate, it was like it was at swim. night in the dark, mate, the waves. No, it was so hard. I can't. It's the toughest thing that I've done, and it was just, you know, some of it was amazing. I mean, some of the training we did last summer. You know, I'd go to a lake in Pontefract, and obviously in the normal swimming pool, you just have to turn around all the time. So you're always worried that you're going to bang your head or something. Yeah. In that, it's literally just go around, and I'll I'll just be on my back swimming. And it's like an hour would fly by, and and it was it was just amazing. But during that, I got injured. I ended up doing my shoulder in twice. In the end of the ten weeks or so of training, I was injured for six of them. Yeah. So I only ended I ended up getting not only swimming but getting to the channel off with four weeks training, and it was what I had, which I think got me there was I didn't want to give up. I didn't want people to go. I told you you wouldn't be able to do it. And it was just, that was one of the things that kept me going. And obviously when we got into the channel, the sea's a different ball game. And it was just waves coming over me. I mean, and then I just, yeah, it, it got called off about five miles from France. We could see it, pal. And it's still, it's one of the most heartbreaking moments. Oh, it was so, we were so gutted. I it's was, emotional. It is emotional to watch because you see it and you're like, you know, you've you're almost willing you all on because, you know, yeah. you're clearly struggling, but you somehow, like, grit your teeth and say, you know what, I'm not going to be beaten by this. And to get beaten by, not no, not beaten, but to have the weather stop you must yeah. have just been... I was, I, was, I was, you know, I mean, we were in floods and we just, we'd done the hard bit and it was yeah. just, the weather just turned. And that five miles, when you're, that, like, it's, it feels so close and yeah it was just heartbreak i remember being in the way back and we're on this boat and the boat was dangerous that's why i got called if it wasn't just the water it was da- the boat got called out of the water because it was dangerous for boats to be in the water let alone swimmers that's why yeah. it got called but i remember when we were on the way back they've called it we were like i mean wes was in floods i was gutted and i remember we were all sat in and just lynn for chris it just turns around and he just goes that's sport for you and it was just like, God, Linford Christie's just turned around to me and gone, that's cool for you. And it was just like, obviously as athletes, they're used to that disappointment of having worked yeah. so hard. But that's the closest I'll ever come to like sport and glory yeah. or disappointment. And it was, yeah, it's still, but I, I think about it quite a lot. I honestly Would you do it again? Would there be any way of thinking, oh, you know what, let's I, give this a go and finish? Do you know what, mate? I, w- I, would, I would do it again. If, I, if Channel 4 got us all together and we, we had the, a, a strong enough team, I'd definitely give it another go. It feels yeah. like I didn't, you know, because like Josh and Adam always joke to me at the last second go, well, technically you didn't swim the channel, you swam in the channel for a bit, which <laughs> anyone does if they go to like Folkestone for a bit, they swam in the channel. That's what you did, you didn't swim the channel. So I guess now you've kind of gone back to what you were doing in the store. You've almost gone back to, you're still doing the last leg, the comedy side of stuff, but you're doing that journalism stuff. I know you've done a lot of documentaries on the NHS. and Yeah, I did a documentary on the NHS and I, I, I filmed, uh, just finished, well, finished filming one um, BBC Two uh, earlier this year, which is called um, 
Alex Brooker disability and me, which is kind of basically me looking at kind of life as a disabled person really in the UK, what what it's like and kind of, you know, sink or swim as I said to you then, it was one of it was one of the most able and most disabled I'd ever felt in my life and it kind of triggered a lot of things in my mind. So we've put this documentary together which I you know, hope which should be coming out come out sometime later on this year. So I, I did that and I you know, I enjoy doing the documentaries because I still have those skills kind of from when I was a journalist really so yeah. it's um I've done is that what you want to do stuff. more of or I I enjoyed the documentary I think my main my big goals are kind of hopefully trying to do a bit of stand-up and seeing how that goes I'd love to one day get my own kind of sitcom I, I think that there's a big gap in television at the moment there's not that many disabled people in kind of sitcoms and things like that and yeah. the fact that as we said that like we just live normal we live normal lives. It's not like there's just, we don't just all meet up with each other and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah. we have like kids, we, we yeah. get married, we get boozed up in Vegas. We have people dancing with our legs like these. I mean, obviously I realize it's not just the average life, but it's like <laughs> we do, we do normal, we do normal, what you call normal stuff. And I don't think that's fully been portrayed on screen yet. I think always when there's disabled people on screen, it's always kind of, it's kind of all just about that and it's just I think that there's a gap for it and I'd, I'd love one day to be able to kind of do like the first kind of big disability sitcom if if, if I could I hope, I hope one day that would be my goal in television is to do it even if it gets called crap on Twitter that's where I'd love to do it <laughs> so as a last thing one thing I'm trying to do is ask everyone we speak to if they could kind of speak to themselves in the past like what advice they'd give themselves so if you could speak to yourself just before well just after you've applied for essentially Jeremy Kyle what would you say to yourself now looking back um oh I don't know I think I'd say be yourself because but you know I nearly missed out on television because I I wanted I became like a version of myself and it was like I tried to be like this professional broadcast journalist and it and it didn't work for me and it was only at the end when I did an intro to a blind judo championships and all these other I'd been like hello I'm Alex Brooker I'm here reporting for Channel 4 and it was just stale and boring and I got the ump that I'd about it and I, I got the ump because I'd got a bollock in it uh, by the trainers and I just started this I, I reported from this blind judo championship and I just went um hi I'm Alex Brooker I'm reporting here for channel four from the um European blind judo championships in Crawley yeah I didn't know it was a thing either and that was like <laughs> and that's how I, I kind of I started it and I kind of made a, a kind of a joke of it and that that kind of turned things around for me and I would say that to to try and you know don't be don't be too too frightened of it um and just uh yeah I mean I should be uh, still now though you know I get I get I over over analyze every job that I take off well how will this go what will people think and you can't you can't uh be like that if I if I could give myself some other advice I'd go back to when I was like like 19 or 20 and I'll just yeah. go like, Alex, like the birds, the reason why they're not going for you, it's not because of your 
women, sorry, not birds, the women, the reason why they're not going for you, it's not because of your arms and your legs, it's because your chat is shit, and that is, you have, you have no chat, and that's why, it was like, I remember, like, always being, like, dead worried about, like, taking my leg off and stuff like that, and, and it was just, that's not, I don't really care. And it was just, and it was like, that was like my big, and I always think back to that time in my life because I couldn't, I just had no, I had zero chat. I had yeah. no banter. I was just like, you know, I remember meeting a girl at uh, university and just saying to her, like, she was an Arsenal fan. I was like, oh, do you want to come back to mine to watch Arsene Wenger's Magic Hat? <laughs> uh, 97, 98 season review. And it was just, uh, or 2001, 2002 season And I just, I genuinely said that to her and she came back to mine and she watched it and then went. That was the sort of my level of chat was Arsenal DVDs. You know, I was... Alex, 19-year-old so you that. sounds like 19-year-old me, if it's any consolation. Mate, no, yeah, 19-year-old me. Well, I was more fans. depressing because I was a Newcastle fan. <laughs> 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 but yeah mate 19 year old me it was just yeah the, the leg the leg looks after itself it's got like a little homing signal on it don't worry about it that's what I'd have told myself <laughs> that's why I'm so relaxed about people dancing with it in Vegas mate it always comes back it always <laughs> comes back in the end Alex you know what this has been I kind of thought this is what might happen after starting to do my research in here, but this has hands down been the most random, unique, but at the same time, kind of strangely inspirational podcasts we've done so far. So honestly, thank, thank you, you so, so much, mate. This has been the journey of Alex Brooker. So that's it. Another episode of the podcast in the bag. Don't forget, as well as the podcast, the very first show from Candy Pants Radio is now live too. You can find that in pretty much the same places you found this. Just search Candy Pants in the Apple Podcasts search bar. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Candy Pants Lifestyle Podcast and we'll see you very soon. Hold up. 